Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, and today I'm sharing ideas and strategies that I've used with my own children to train them to clean and to do chores. Many hands make for light work. That old adage is so, so true. And training takes additional time at first. And a lot of times that training doesn't happen because we feel stuck and that it's going to be quicker if I just do it quick myself and not have them help me, right? If I don't have to take my kid along and try and do this thing, it's going to go quicker. Well, when we take the time to train them, it will in the long run help reduce the load by sharing the load. We have no right yelling at our kids for not doing right if we haven't invested the time to train them well. And so the investment up front is so vital and it will pay back dividends later on. Often as parents, we do feel overwhelmed day to day. So much to do from little tasks that just add up and add it up to big tasks. And that just can make us feel stuck you know, work tasks, relationship, things we need to do, and the list goes on and on. Sometimes we feel frozen, not even know what, knowing what to do next. We can look around and see so much clutter and so much mess that, where do I even begin? What should I start with? Several years ago, I realized that my children could be trained to help out around the house. This had a twofold benefit. The workload was lightened for me, and my children were being trained. It's a win-win. It just took time. I am motivated to train my children so that when they leave our home, they know how to cook, clean, do laundry, and other important life skills. I remember in college, I had some people I met, and I remember having to teach them how to clean their bathroom and how to start a load of laundry and how to cook basic things because they went into college not knowing how to do that. And then as I went on, I realized how common that was and that is so very sad and I did not want my children to leave my home someday as adults and not know how to do basic life skills. And so the training is vital. And Proverbs says, train up a child in the way that they should go and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And a lot of people, Christians, use that as solely spiritual, which is true. Train up a child in the theology that you believe and the basis of foundation of faith. But it's more than that, too. And we can't overlook the simple, practical, daily life, the life skills. And also, as they get older, you'll notice they'll start to realize what money is and what it does and what it can get for them. So they'll want to earn money. One of my boys is always asking me, Mom, do you have a job for me today? I'd like to earn some money. And so recognizing that and being a firm believer in you get compensated if you work, you know, as an adult, you do a job and you get paid. So when we train children that when they work, then they get a benefit from it. That is okay. It's not an allowance. Like, You're part of a family, our family, so here's this $5 bill every week just for being part of the family. No, you being part of the family means I feed you and I clothe you and I give you shelter and I care for you and I love you and I lead you. That is very much different. (laughs) That is their allowance. Their allowance to live and be fed and to be loved, right? But when it comes to earning money, I believe that should be associated with work. And it 
goes a lot further <laughs> for your family in helping you out when you do teach them to work and to be hard workers. And there's benefit from doing that. So we have five children. And, you know, I actually am someone who loves order. I love a clean house. Too much mess and clutter actually stresses me out. <laughs> and I don't like it. I cannot relax at home if there's an abundance of clutter and mess. And so my family knows that. And they know when I reach that point where I'm like, okay, it's too much. Everyone stop what you're doing. We're all going to clean up the house right now. I just can't take it. It's too messy. And then they'll know that's their trigger and they all jump in because they're like, okay, it's too much. Mom can't take it. Let's do it. But now over the course of time, the last few years, I have taken the time to train my children how to clean and how to tidy up and different routines, different daily habits we have in our family to keep the house tidy and in order. Now, is it tidy and in order 100% of the time? Well, no, there's seven of us living in one house plus a big dog. Like, no, and we all have plenty of things going on in life, but it's manageable. And we have a lot of things we do every day that keep it that way. I'm going to go into a lot of details in this episode. So I hope it's very practical for you. And I hope you latch onto something to try. And maybe not all of this will be for you, but I believe some of it will. And it has helped me a ton. And what spurred the idea for this episode was I was sitting in a meeting with a lot of ladies that are in my life, and we're all leaders in different areas at our church. And one of the questions that two of the moms were asked was, if you really needed help, what would bless you the most? Would it be someone making a meal for you, someone cleaning your house for you, or someone watching your kids so you could do what you needed to do? One of them said, if someone just cleaned my house for me. And the other one said, well, actually, I'd like someone to watch my kids so I can clean the house myself. And that really got me thinking because I'm really thankful in hindsight that I took the time to train them to clean the house and to know how to keep things tidy every day because as much as I would love to hire a cleaner, right? Like we all have these dreams of, oh man, if I could hire a full-time cook or I could hire a full-time uh, cleaner, not a full-time cleaner, but someone to clean regularly, wouldn't that be great? And yes, if I'm 100% honest with you, yes, I would love to be able to just hire a cleaner. But it's just not fiscally possible or feasible for me right now. And also, I know I'd be missing out on training my kids how to help with that. So it's not the right time for me. Now, if you're a mom or if you're a dad, whatever, if you're single that has a cleaning person that you hire, you go for it. You do whatever you, you got to do. But what I'm talking about today is that we can train the people in our lives, especially our children, how to help out, how to do chores. All right. So I have mentioned some of these things before, but for the sake of keeping all this in one episode and share the load, I'm going to go through it with you. Now, one of the things that we have in our the main hallway in our house is this big whiteboard. And what I have on it is pie charts. One day I had this aha moment because I was like, okay, I have these regular habits I want to instill in my family, in my children. How do I do this in a way where I'm not doing all the work myself trying to track it, but then we all see it and we're all working as a team. And it hit me one day. 
if we have a central place for this, and we do pie charts, and each pie is divided into seven pieces, seven days of the week. So over the course of seven days, if we complete this habit as a team, so we win or fail as a team, so it's either totally done as a team, and we, we can fill in that pie, or we miss it. Maybe some one person causes the miss. Well, it, it's a team game. It's a team sport. If, if we lose, we all lose, right? So that's how we do it. So that it doesn't fall on one person, but it kind of, it basically also promotes this camaraderie and this positive team spirit where we're like striving each other to do the right thing and not nagging each other for doing wrong, if that helps and makes sense. So what it is, is each pie represents a habit that we do every day. For example, we have toys tidy in there. And a big part of this for it to work is we all have these little gatherings in the hallway. All the kids are standing against the wall and I'm standing by the whiteboard and we're talking about this. First of all, we're talking about this is a team effort. We win or fail as a team. Secondly, we go through each pie and explain this is what is expected for you. This is what done looks like. For example, the first pie is toys tidy. And we explain to them, and this isn't like a one-time explanation. This is like we do this over and over, right? Toys tidy means that you have not let left toys out in the main living area. For example, we have an open concept house. And so the kitchen, dining room, and living room is one big room. So that is not the place for your toys to be stored. You have plenty of space in the basement, in the toy room, or in your bedrooms. So put all your stuff away and your bedroom should be tidy. There should be no toys sitting around in the floor that you have. We have provided ample storage in bins and closets for toys. So clean it up. Additionally, the second pie would be clothes tidy. What this means is, if you got dirty clothes, they go in the dirty laundry basket in the laundry room, not strewn about your floor or in the bathroom or anywhere else. If you have clean clothes, they get put away in the drawers or they're hanging in the closet. Now, thankfully, my older ones, they're doing this all on their own. They're actually even doing their own laundry. When their laundry bin is full, they just do a load and they do it all themselves. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. <laughs> My youngest three aren't doing the laundry on their own, but they know where the dirty stuff goes and they know where the clean stuff goes. My youngest two, I still help them with the folding and my youngest is four, so I help her with the whole thing. But it's funny because she, I can tell she's like me because she does not like things being messy and cluttered either. She'll just start cleaning up on her own. It's pretty funny because the boys, my four boys aren't necessarily like that but they are now because I've trained them to be. <laughs> so that's what Toys Tidy looks like. Now, occasionally there is, like right now, as I'm recording this, there's a basket of clean clothes in the hallway that is supposed to go in my boy's room, but it's not there yet. It's been a busy weekend and that that's okay, right? <laughs> this isn't about perfection. Uh, the third pie would be uh, Mealtime Manners. So some of these aren't necessarily chores as they are healthy habits. So mealtime manners means we all help out where like if I need someone to set the table and get dinner out, they will help with that or cleaning up afterwards. But really what it 
starts started as and is for the most part it's we're going to all sit together and have good mealtime manners we're going to not complain about what we're eating because i'm not a short order cook you eat what i give you that's how it works and i don't make stuff that they hate they they like what i make them and they've learned like okay i'm gonna eat this and not complain because mom's not gonna give me something else (laughs) and a very wise woman in my life told me when my kids were really really little and i just had i think two of them at that point she said if you can win the battle at mealtime you've already won many future battles and hindsight looking back with my oldest being 14 that is so, so true. It is worth the time and effort to instill good mealtime manners with them, to instill good eating habits with them, to help them not be picky. And maybe you have a child that's a very picky eater. Just start small and start adding and changing things slowly and help them to appreciate a wide variety of foods. Now, if your child has allergies, you're going to have to get a little creative with it. But whatever we got to do to get them to love and appreciate the food and um, the person that's making it for them, the better off they'll be well-rounded. It's a very, very important thing. Another pie is car manners. Now, if you have multiple children, you know, right, that car manners can be a challenge because, for example, a lot of times I'm driving and I'm the only adult and the five kids are in the car. So there's limited intervention you can do while driving. And they have learned, because I have instilled this in them, that if you are distracting me when I'm driving, if you're fighting, that is a huge hazard. That is very dangerous because if I'm focused on correcting you, I'm not giving my full attention to driving. And there's been very teachable moments in the car where something could something bad could happen because they're being they're fighting or whatever and I've gotten very very serious about it and saying you could cause an accident and accidents cause can cause people to get very injured or die and I don't say this stuff all the time you got to pick your spots and you'll know you'll have discernment trust that you'll have discernment when the right time is but there has been the right time for me to say that because it is important. It is true. It is a matter of life or death. It is very important that the driver stays focused. So that's another one of the pies that we have. And the last one is brushing teeth twice a day. After breakfast, everyone brush your teeth. Before bed, everyone brush your teeth. And floss too. As they get older, they're, some of them are remembering to floss every night, but not, not all of them. So those are some examples of the pie chart, which are habits and routines. And those we've slowly added. We did not start with five or six or whatever whatever number it is. We started with two or three. And then as they really got those down and they didn't have many misses, we slowly added another pie. I can take a picture of our actual whiteboard if you'd like to see it to get an idea of what we're doing and put that in the show notes for you. Now, the whole goal of the the pie chart in the hallway is that if they have only had one slice of a of a pie that's been missed, they can still get the reward at the end of the week. And it's a family reward. We try and keep it around $10 at most. And 
if they get two or more misses of slices of pie total, they don't they don't get the reward. And now I know that could sound like really harsh, like, wow, how do you do that? Now there's a little bit of leniency at times. And I'll remind them, you know, at bedtime, like, okay, is your room cleaned up? And a lot of times, like, let's say we're leaving somewhere for the evening. Before we leave, part of getting ready to leave is let's tidy up now because I know by the time we get back, it'll be late and mom and dad will be tired and we won't want to help you clean your rooms and you won't want to be cleaning your rooms. So let's do that before we leave and have a little like foresight into what's going to go on in the evening and get that taken care of in the afternoon. Now, some examples of the family rewards that we have done. Some of them have been like, um, like our last one. We don't make a habit of having donuts, but it's definitely worth saving for those special times. So our last reward was they got donuts on a Saturday morning because they they did they had a great week actually, and they were able to complete the pie chart as a team, and they had a lot of fun enjoying donuts. Whatever motivates your family and your children. Sometimes it's like we make homemade ice cream, or we we each get a, an ice cream cone from the local restaurant or a group Mario Kart tournament because we all like Mario Kart. So that's super fun. Or another recent one was we did a family Lego build. And this was my son Joshua's idea. He had made some special Legos, Lego sets. Well, they weren't like purchase set. He looks at instructions and modifies them and makes his own. And they're really amazing. And so we did that where we had it all set up in the basement on a big table and we all played Legos together for like an hour. That was fun. So there's just a lot of things. They don't have to cost any money either. Now, I will specify here that it's important that you don't make the reward like family time every time per se, because you shouldn't have to have good behavior to have special memories as a family. Does that? I hope that makes sense. Now, there's also just something I've added, I think in the last six months, I would say, where there's just really tiny, small chores that they can help with every day. And there's a, on the refrigerator, I have a little magnetic whiteboard. And this is from the Financial Peace Junior Kit. If you want to look that up, it's available on Amazon or probably other or probably other stores online. But those are where if they fit, if they jot their initials down that they did it, that's like 25 cents a piece for each one they do. Those can be things like let the dog out, give the dog food and water, unload the dishwasher, load the dishwasher, take out the garbage and recycling, those types of things. So that's another thing where it's just, it's really causing an awareness for all these things. And this has made a huge difference because let's see, we're leaving the house in the morning. Well, I'm not the one that has to clean up breakfast, do the dishes, let the dog out, feed the dog, get the dog water, take the garbage out. No, I just, usually what happens is I call out the chores for the morning and everyone picks one and it's fabulous. It's wonderful. It's so amazing. It will take a whole level of stress off your life. Trust me, please, please do this. Please try it. Now, what really started all of this before all the things I've already are, I've, that I have already shared 
the pie charts and the little um, small chores every day is I trained, it took six months, but I trained my kids how to clean the house. And we clean the house weekly or bi-weekly, depending. And if you'd like an idea of lists for age-appropriate chores, I've included a link in the show notes that I used initially when I started doing this with my children. And I have checklists for them. So for example, when we started this, I trained my oldest two to clean bathrooms. And I have a checklist that walks them through, okay, you do this. And I would put in like what products they would use, what cloths they would use, what order they would clean the bathroom in. And then they would have to come find me when they're done so we can I can look at their work. And if like one of my boys is notorious for using a lot of spray cleaner and not necessarily wiping it all dry. So I'd be like, okay, this is like really wet. You need to take a dry cloth and clean this up and dry it off. And you would. And each time it got better. But they would earn. We could, by the time I trained them after the six months, we could clean the house in an hour. That means we have, okay, so we have two bathrooms. So both bathrooms are clean, plus the house is vacuumed, dusted, floors swept and mopped in an hour. So two of my boys, one would each would take a bathroom. Um, Another, one of my uh, uh, other boys who was the third oldest, he would vacuum everything. He really liked vacuuming. The youngest boy, he would dust. So I'd say all the white grates, all the white return vents and all that, all the windowsills and as many surfaces as you could reach safely without breaking anything, dust those. And then he'd help me sweep and I would mop but we could do it all in an hour. And this was great. And like I said, it took six months of me walking them through it and we just got in the routine of doing it. But after that, it's like I could get out the list, get out the supplies and everyone would go do it. We get it done and it felt so good. And honestly, if I could hire a cleaner to deep clean once a month, that would be fantastic. And I probably will at some point, but just not not yet. And it feels so good to have your house cleaned all at once. It feels so, so good. And let me just also say, don't expect perfection when you're, even if you've taken six months to train your children how to clean the house, don't don't expect perfection. But it's all clean at the same time and it, look, it looks really good. And uh, the fact that it's done and they're, they've been trained how to do it, that's more valuable than it being perfectly, perfectly cleaned. In addition to this, there will be extra projects that I'll have on occasion. Sometimes this is just stuff we do as a family. I don't pay my kids to do everything, so I don't want this episode to sound like that. But when we do the regular cleaning where we all clean the house in an hour, they'll earn $5 each when we do that. As long as they work hard and they're not complaining or anything and they do their best and they give me their hour, they will get paid $5. Now, you don't have to do the $5. You can do it differently, whatever fits you. Or if you want to do a short amount of time and give them a few dollars, whatever works for you. But try it. This is all stuff that's worth trying. Just start small and then you can always build on it. Now, there are times where I have had extra projects. It's above and beyond stuff. And usually it's like one child where I know they're motivated and they want to earn some extra money. So I will 
enlist that child's help and they will earn money, just them for helping. And this happened recently. I don't know if anyone else has had this problem in the winter where all the boxes from all the deliveries through the winter add up and accumulate in the garage or the basement or wherever you keep them. Well, it came to that point where I had to load up the Suburban and get that to the recycling center because it was getting out of control. So he spent an hour and a half. Yes, we had a lot of boxes and they weren't all broken down. So we spent an hour getting them all broken down and loading them in the vehicle. And then he rode with me to drop them all off and unload them into the recycling bins at the center. So then we drove back. And he worked really hard the whole time. He was motivated. And so I think I gave him like eight, $8. And it was well worth it. It was really great. And it was fun to do together. It was a, n- a nice opportunity for me to spend one-on-one time with him. Sometimes when you work with your kid or you do something with them like that, it's very valuable time. So it's more than them just making money and you offloading a job. It's very valuable in deepening your relationship. So some other project ideas are they've helped me sweep out the garage before and sometimes we take, we've taken everything out in the spring and did really nice thorough cleaning in the garage and then put everything back and organized it. There's times where my kids... Some of them are really good organizers. And so they have taken it upon themselves. This hasn't, a lot of times this has not been a job. They just do it when we find that it's a need. And I'm like, hey, do you mind just helping me organize this closet? And they will do it. They do a really good job. Or with their youngest sister. She's getting a little older now where she can do more independently. But she has this little makeshift fort underneath the stairs in her basement. And it's huge cardboard boxes that have been opened up and they made up the walls and we've added she has like all these crafts hanging on the walls and her little kitchen sets in there and table and there's different puzzles and things and she loves playing in there so sometimes it just needs to be organized so they love going in there and organizing all the little play food and all the things or the game closet my oldest one time took every game out and he like very systematically like put them all back in and it was amazing how much fit in there after he did that. Another one is cleaning up the car, like vacuuming it out and wiping down all the surfaces. And another one that'll be coming up, I'm going to list their help is to wash windows as it spring approaches in Wisconsin and it gets warm enough that it can open the windows again. They're going to help me with that. Again, we have no business getting frustrated or yelling at our children for not cleaning up their toys if we've never taught them where they go. We need to train them. And it's not just to offload our responsibilities and our to-do lists, but it is for them. It is for their well-being. It is to make them a res- responsible person. <laughs> Training our children to work and help out around the house gives them a greater awareness of shared family space. It trains them to be responsible and take good care of what they've been given. And that's a word called stewardship. Maybe you haven't, maybe you're not familiar with that word, but a steward is simply one that's employed in a large household, for example, or in a state to manage domestic concerns. They could be supervising servants. This is, you know, from years past, but a collector of rents due, keeping of accounts. But it's someone who helps take care of a household. 
A, a stewardship is a word that means the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So we believe it is very, very important for us to be good stewards of what we've been given. We need to be good stewards of our home and take good care of it. We need to be good stewards in parenting and take good care of our children that have been given to us as a gift. There's a psalm that says, like arrows in the hands of a mighty man, referring to children, that children, if you, okay, so let's take an arrow, for example. If you look at an arrow, the amount of uh, precision and expertise it takes to fashion an arrow properly, you have the body of the arrow that needs to be perfectly straight and balanced. You have the arrowhead that needs to be sharp and symmetrical. You have the feathers, which is what guides the arrow. And so when you take an expert archer with an expertly crafted arrow, they hit the bullseye, they hit the mark. So like arrows in the hands of a mighty man, that is you, mom and dad, your children are meant to be arrows. And we, as the expert marksmen, we know how to fashion those arrows. We know how to pull them out and we know how to aim them at their destination. So that means a lot of things right there. That means we need a vision. We need to have a revelation for who our children are and who they're meant to be. And for us, like that comes from God. And I'm seeking him right now for my children for a greater picture and revelation of who they're meant to be, who they're designed to be, what their future is, so that I may better train and equip them to hit the mark as they grow older and as they mature and as they grow in responsibility. And in fashioning them, we're talking about training them, sharing the load. Well, I'm fashioning them in everything I say and do in their lives. Everything can be a chance to help them grow and develop. But we just need to see it right and not get so stuck in the day-to-day, all the little tasks, the laundry, the work, the relationships, the neighbors, the car needs to be fixed, this needs to be done, I need to call this person. When we get so stuck in all those things, then we miss what's most important. We miss fashioning and training our children. And the teaching of the arrow is so powerful because our children and us, every person, we have three parts, a spirit, soul, and a body. So the body of the arrow is the actual, let's say, piece of wood, the shaft. We have to train them to take care of their body. That's why we have the mealtime manners. And the arrowhead that's like the mind. We train them to be sharp. And in this sharing the load episode, we're training them to be aware and take care of what's been given to them, to take care of the family and take care of our household and be good stewards of what's been put in our hands. And the feathers on the arrow that guides it to hit the bullseye, that's the spirit. So in all of this, we are training them in so many ways. 
and it really does transfer between spirit, soul, and body. And sharing the load, it's not just to make my job easier. It is to train my children, to equip them to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So this episode is not just about teaching them to take the dog out (laughs) and do the dishes and clean their toys. It is bigger than that. But when we can be faithful in the little things, when we can be faithful in what is another man's, for example, they're in our house, if they can be faithful in taking care of what's mom and dad's, what they've given us, then they're going to be trusted with more as they grow older. My 14-year-old is editing two podcasts. He's a podcast editor and he does an amazing job. And this has come over the course of time because he has been trained to be responsible in other areas. And so when it took, uh, the time came for him to have this chance and this opportunity for his dad to teach him this amazing skill, not only did he want to, but he caught on quickly and he does a really good job. He's very teachable. But this does not come overnight, so I encourage you to start. Start small and then build. We're capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Our children are capable of so much more. And so I implore you to share the load. The benefits are immense. The training is worth it. It is worth it to go through the painstaking long process sometimes of teaching them about basics of life. When they are older, especially if they become parents or married someday, like they will thank you for that. And we don't know who our children are really. We don't know what they're going to become or do. What we need to do is just be faithful with what we, we, what we need to do is be faithful with what we've been given. Be faithful to train and guide and lead them. Chores, training them to work and earn money, teaching them how to clean, all these habits and routines I've shared all have this greater goal and greater picture of training up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Fashioning that arrow in in every area, spirit, soul, and body. So hopefully you heard even just one little habit or routine or idea that inspires you and you'll try it. Be that intentional person. Be that intentional parent. Be that intentional family that's going to make progress to be the best version of yourself. This is not just theoretical principles. This is life. And so find one thing, even if it's the smallest little thing and it seems so insignificant, start it and then build on it. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.